Mandy, you made this? What is going on, all of you handsome listeners? Welcome back to The Dagger, the podcast where we cover all things NBA and the top news in all of basketball, especially today. I am Taylor Call. I am joined by the boys, Dion Franklin, BJ Johnson. Hey, what's up to the people? What's good? What up, though? Shameless plug to follow us on social media at the Dot Dagger Podcast to interact with us. Keep up to date with everything we got going on. Boys, the NBA could never. We have the spiciest beef anywhere in basketball this season, this year. Angel Reese, Caitlin Clark, absolutely spicy, extra <laughs> marinated beef. Hmm. Nash- drama coming from the national championship. Talk a little bit about Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark today. Um, Dion, close your ears. The Mavericks mm-hmm. in eleven in the West. It's 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 getting late. It's not 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 great right now. What's going on with the Mavericks? And Ben Simmons. Shut down for the rest of the season. Ben Simmons done. Talk about all that today. But first, you guys already know how it works. We got some awards to give out. Hooper of the Week. Good Hustle Award. Dion, take it away with your Hooper of the Week. All right. So my Hooper of the Week are the Los Angeles Lakers. They are back, baby. They didn't believe in us. They played themselves (laughs) back two games above uh, 500, winning three straight, two, wait, half a game back from fifth, as I predicted earlier in the season after the trade. They're not going to be playing the the Kings most likely, but, you know, can't have everything. But um, they're back. Anthony Davis is looking great. I think he scored above 30 in the last three games. Uh, LeBron is back. Everybody seems to be clicking. It, they can make a run. They can make a run these playoffs. I'm so excited. Um, it's looking like they're they're solidifying their their spot in the playoffs, at least the play-ins. So props to turning it around. I didn't think it was possible, but after the trade, I was super hyped. And I was super high on them, and I love it. I love every second of it. Normally, I would hate on that, but I can't really at the moment. <laughs> um, somehow managed to survive an extended absence from LeBron and kind of thriving right now. They yeah. have been the best team in the West. I mean, it, after making a move, like relatively out of all the teams that made big moves so far, Lakers have turned it around the best. Yeah, I mean Kevin Durant being hurt doesn't help Phoenix, but they're playing really well right now. Playing really well right now. Yeah, they. I think they won like six out of their last seven, or like, I don't know, like eight out of their last ten. Yeah, they 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 they, going, they going. They're they're looking good. VJ, hit me with your Hooper of the week. Yeah, Hooper of the Week for me has got to go to somebody no one's talking about right now, but who is on an absolute scorcher right now. Brandon Ingram for the Pelicans has been going. Talk to me. 
crazy the last two weeks. Like, he's looked like that guy who got his extension, like an all-star caliber player who we uh, – I think he was all-star last year. Um, the Pelicans are right kind of back in the thick of things for a play-in spot. Uh, and B.I., like, he was unstoppable against Denver, down the stretch against certain teams. He's just been – just carrying them across the finish line, hoping to get Zion back. And I don't know. I don't know if I want to play a healthy Pelicans team in the first round. They took the Suns to six last year, but uh, B.I. is the main guy in charge. So I'm excited to see if they get healthy, what they're going to look like down the stretch run. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, if, if Zion comes back, it's scary hours, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I would not want to see them in the playoffs. Oops. Especially not in the first. Woo! Uh-uh-uh. Yeah, B B I is a dog. He's a dog. Love love B I. I if mean, I, was you say, place, I wouldn't wouldn't want anything to do with this team. If Zion is healthy, I'm just convinced he'll never be healthy. But <laughs> wasn't he supposed to be back like at the All Star break? Uh, he retweaked it or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right. Hate to see it. All right, two Hooper or three Hoopers of the week for me. Let's get the obvious out of the way. UConn Huskies, what an absolute wagon through the NCAA tournament. Um, absolutely smoking everyone. Uh, San Diego State managed to give them their toughest game, losing by 12. So, <laughs> um, UConn. I I love that team. Sonogo is a beast. Jordan Hawkins is cold as hell. Like that that was a great team. Um, a lot of a lot of their starters coming back too. Jordan Hawkins will not be one of them, but Sonogo could come back and <laughs> yeah, they're reloading with some talent. It's it's scary hours. I mean, talk about UConn as well. Every time they've gone to the national championship, they've won it five and zero. Oh, kind of a clutch program. Yeah, get it love, love to see it. So UConn, obvious hoopers of the week, mm-hmm. and it's been a couple of weeks. Apologize for missing you guys last week. Things have been crazy in our lives, but we're back. You know, just had to take a quick breather before the playoffs. You know how it is. But old news at this point. But I will not let him go quietly in the night into the night without a hooper of the week. My favorite player. From the NCAA tournament, Marquise Noel, mm. Kansas State, absolute dog. Mm-hmm. All he did in the NCAA tournament in four games was go 17 points, 14 assists in their first game, 27 and nine in their second game, 20 mm. points and 19 assists to beat Michigan State in overtime. And then in a game they had barely lost, heartbreak. But against FAU, 30 points, 12 assists in Madison Square Garden. Dude was a absolute bucket, dropping dimes. So fun to watch. So fun to watch. That was crazy. Best player in the tournament. Best yeah. player in the tournament, I feel Absolutely. like. <laughs> Definitely the most fun player in the tournament. Has a strong yeah. argument for best, but easily the most fun to watch. That kid is electric. Mm-hmm. When he, so, he faked the argument with his coach to throw the alley oop, that was, yeah. that was really cool. I think it was fake. I think it was fake. I think I it was think like it was a step play. But he, he he was telling Isaiah Thomas like, "Watch this." Yeah. <laughs> he was like, right before he said he did that, 
And the stats are sexy, but like the way he did it does not do it justice. Style points all around for Marquise Noel. But I mean, how did you not like that Kansas State team between Keontae Johnson, Marquise Noel, Jerome Tang? I fell in no love way. with that team. Yeah. Yeah. Great <laughs> squad. Marquise Noel absolutely shined in the tournament. His brother's well, hilarious too. Yeah, yeah, his brother was hysterical <laughs> up in the stands. <laughs> Marquise Noel, gotta give him a hooper of the week. Absolutely. So style points matter. Um, and I have a third hooper of the week. Give it up to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, they played the Phoenix Suns this week. Um, Monty Williams, coach of the Suns, was in town, and he was a coach for Oklahoma City Thunder for a while. And while he was there, his wife actually died in a car accident. It was like a big story, super tragic. But, you know, Monty talks about, you know, how that made him a better person and how that strengthened him and all he had to go through. Um, You should look up clips of him talking about it. Super cool. Um, Not that it happened, obviously, but how he handled it and his perspective, definitely inspiring. But they were playing the Thunder on the anniversary of her death. And... Really classy move by the Thunder. They blocked off the seats that Monty Williams' wife would sit in to watch the games when he was coaching there. They just left that seat open um, as a tribute to Monty Williams. And so super classy tribute. Love to see that. Um, You know, Monty Williams said afterwards that he lost it when he saw that. Um, Just super classy gesture. Sports are, you know, sports are so much more than just the game like i love to see these relationships and opponents showing each other respect potential theme for later um but you know just super classy move by the thunder love to see that nice tribute to monty williams all-time dude in the nba by you know what everybody has to say nothing but good things to say about him so nice nice tribute by them um Feels weird to get negative after such a nice moment with Noah Williams. Wait, wait, but... wait, wait! Don't we get a don't don't we get a Hooper of the week this week? Hmm. Do we? Do we? I mean, I forgot Is about it... it in the opener. But I was about to say, I was like, bro, are Hooper, we missing Hooper. something? Or, or we we are missing something. I forgot. I mean... my, my bad. Hooper <laughs> of the week to us. You are joining <laughs> us for our one hundredth episode of the Dagger. We are now in triple digits. We're in wilt territory, baby. Mm -hmm. Hold up the paper in the locker room. Episode number 100. Um, We're going to talk about that in the out of bounds portion. Talk about some of our favorite moments and stuff. But Hooper of the Week to the listeners, man. Still being here. Still gassing us up. Um, Super, super dope. Like, it's wild that we've put out 100 of these. Absolutely insane. That's crazy. And we we, uh, we we might have a little surprise at the end. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We, we might have something in store. So you'll have to make sure you listen to the end. But shout out the listeners, man, for supporting us. That's part of the reason we didn't want to. We didn't put an episode out last week is we didn't want to half ass our hundredth episode with all of us yeah. being so busy. So <laughs> here, here, here we are. But yeah, shout out to the dagger turning a hundred episodes. Love to see it. Um. I mean, just all kinds of positivity, but I guess we got to get negative. It's our responsibility to the viewers. Um, <laughs> yeah. To quote the great Richard Jefferson, you don't have to get petty if you stay petty. 
So let's get negative. Uh, Patrick Beverly, if you could come to the forefront, please. <sighs> Pat Bev constantly doing bozo shit. The king of cap. And he had, a, he had a clip this week, this past little bit, that I just thought was hysterical. Pat Bev talking about his journey through the NBA, being a young pup down in Houston. And apparently, you know, he was just talking about the locker room in Houston and he told this story about him and James Harden of he was just putting up shots, you know, in <laughs> practice one day doing his signature step back. Patrick Beverly was. And apparently, as Pat Bev tells it, James Harden came up to him and said, hey, you need to show me how to do that. And so James Harden's signature step back was taught to him by Pat Bev. <laughs> oh, Cap. Yeah, I'm going to call Cap on that, Pat Bev. I've never once seen you do a successful offensive move, let alone a, a, a step back. Never done a step back. That's such I've never seen him do a step back. And he doesn't, he, he has never stepped back. What are you Why talking you about? Why would you lie like that? Like, bro, this is just. Why? <laughs> do you think anyone believes that? What? So Utah James Harden the step back? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Bullshit. Get all the way out of here with that. I taught James Harden the step back. Yeah, and you were super soft before you knew me, and I taught you, you know, that underdog mentality and taught you how to play hard nosed defense, right? Yeah. Fuck out of here with that. <laughs> and I have a, another good hustle award to the Miami Heat. Um, this week they announced that they would be to celebrate Udonis Haslam finally retiring. Um, they were going to dedicate a section of seats to Udonis Haslam. And I just thought that was so fitting for a guy who spent his entire career on the bench that they would dedicate a section of seats to him. It just seems so fitting. You know, like, <laughs> He spent the last spent his entire career with the Heat the sitting. You know, they dedicate seats to him. It, I, I think it was unintentional <laughs> for them. That's why they're. I'm giving them a good hustle award. But just hilarious. It's just so fitting. You know, <laughs> like don't retire his jersey. Dedicate some seats to him. <laughs> I think it was section 305. So like, it's just so weird. <laughs> <laughs> so so fitting for Udonis Haslam. So oh my Miami Heat, good hustle, I guess. It's just funny. Well deserved. It's just funny. BJ, take it away. Who who's hustling? Yeah, give me give me two good hustles this week. Um, unfortunately, I'm gonna start with the Portland Trailblazers, uh, who have decided. Yeesh. To sit Dame Willard down, they shut him down for the year. Um, and I feel like for the last three years now, we've been telling Dame to get out of Portland. And, like, they're trying to do a rebuild and trying to figure out what direction they want to go in their franchise. And he's just straight up said, like, okay, I've been loyal for, the like, the longest time. I'm not trying to do that. So now it's like, what is what is he supposed to do? Like, he's I think he's 32, 33. He's been hit with injuries recently, but – I mean, I think what is this year three of like them either not making the playoffs or getting bounced in the first round? 
him dropping 60 to just to lose to Denver. So Trailblazers, I don't know what you were thinking last year when you traded your best players to the same teams in the Western Conference. You gave Norman Powell to the Clippers. You traded CJ to the Pelicans. Like, all you did was make it harder for you to be successful, and now this is why you're missing the playoffs. And where do you go from here? Because you have an aging superstar who you have done nothing to help him. So, I mean, Portland Trailblazers, way to waste an asset. Like, way to depreciate the value of a superstar in real time. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we've been saying it for the longest, like you said. And it's I don't, I don't know where they go from here, honestly. Like, what, what do you do? You can't, you can't really rebuild, and you can't really get other talent. So you're in no man's land. Like, you're not bad yeah. enough to get a good pick. Like, I don't know if they're yeah, bad exactly. enough to get a lottery pick either. Exactly. So, like, it's, it's, it's weird. So so dumb. Shut shut him down for what? What are you saving him for? Yeah, yeah. I'm not going anywhere anyway. So yeah, yeah like, sh- shut him down f- for what? I, I don't know. Let the boy get some shots up. Shit, so my guy uh, deserves better. It's sad to see. It's sad to see. And I'm, this that might impact his All NBA status too. If he misses too many games, he might miss out on some, which is unfair to him. Um. Yeah. Second good hustle, which we've talked about a little bit, but we haven't dove into the deep stats in this. Got to give a shout out or a good hustle mainly to my guy, Thomas Bryant. Um, <laughs> my man went from playing 20.4 minutes a night in L.A., sometimes starting, putting up double-doubles, to now occasionally playing 10 minutes for the Denver Nuggets, getting in <laughs> okay. when Nikola Jokic is out. And luckily, Nikola has had, or unfortunately, he has had a calf injury the last three games. So Thomas Bryant's been able to play, but he has watched his playing time literally get sliced in half since requesting a trade to, I don't know, go play behind the best center in the game. Uh, I don't know what he thought was going to happen. He had much more opportunity uh, to get playing time behind Anthony Davis. But my man, he opened his mouth because he wanted to eat. Instead, he grabbed a salad. So Thomas Bryant. <laughs> Congratulations, as the great philosopher DJ Khaled said, you played yourself really hard because <laughs> now you barely get playing time. What an allegory! I, for... I, I usually check the the Nuggets box scores and then I I look for him, like you know, because I'm kind of curious, and he's never there. Well, yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe two minutes, maybe. What's the old saying? The grass isn't always greener. Exhibit mm-hmm. A. Exhibit A. Hey, he had a nice little roll carved out and he threw it away. Hate to see it. Dion, take take us home. Who is hustling? All right. So my good hustle comes from a couple of weeks ago. Um I was it was so good, in my opinion, that it had to come into this week. Uh, Dylan Brooks, you mm. know, a multiple time recipient of the Good Hustle Award. Just in the past couple of months, gets another one. So they were playing, the Grizzlies were playing the Dallas Mavericks. We got whooped. Okay, that's fine. But at the end of the game, Dylan Brooks <laughs> goes up to Kyrie and gives him his jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and Kyrie gives Dylan Brooks his jersey. And Kyrie was like, nah, I don't want your jersey, bro. Nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> that's that's got to be. The only jersey swap rejection I've ever seen in my life. You know <laughs> how <laughs> bad you gotta be and like such a like an asshole that you gotta be to re- like have somebody reject your shirt at the end of the game. 
Like, bro, ain't nobody trying to have your shirt. Bro, he gave him the fan treatment. Tough. Yeah, exactly, bro. Like, <laughs> what this? Kyrie was like, who are you, bro? I don't want your shit. <laughs> Giving him the full fan treatment. Tough. <laughs> no. Uh, that was just so funny to me <laughs> when I saw the video. I was like, "Yeah, I'm bringing this one to the pod." <laughs> Definitely, it, it's like when I I have a three year old, and it's like when a toddler like makes a bunch of scribbles with yes. a crayon, and it's like they think it's the coolest shit ever, and they bring it to you, and you're just like, "Wow, you know, you fake enthusiasm. Wow, that's so cool, buddy. You know, and you take it and you hang it on the <laughs> fridge, and then when they're in bed, you throw it out. You know." That's that's what this jersey swap was like. Yes. Wow, that's such a cool jersey. You know, you keep it. Thank no, you it's so okay. Much. You keep it. Thank and, you. So, that's so nice of you. Yeah, this is sick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I need you to hold on to it though for me. You keep it safe. Ain't nobody want your jersey, bro. Get, get out oh of here. Oh my goodness. I was dying. <laughs> I was like, no, that does not just happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh man. All right. Let's get to the biggest story in basketball, maybe ever. No, not ever, ever but ever. ever. The biggest social media story ever. Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark. Well, let me back up. Uh ladies, are you are y'all good? Like, I just lost so much. First of all, absolutely fire women's uh NCAA tournament. But I saw so much drama and beef coming out of this tournament. It was like Haley Van Lith of Louisville versus Texas getting into it in the handshake line. And then Haley Van Lith and Caitlin Clark were getting into it. Um Caitlin Clark disrespecting South Carolina <laughs> by just not guarding them. And now the pièce de résistance Angel Reese and, and Caitlin Clark, ladies, you guys are wilding out here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it, though. It, it was good television, but so just to back up a little bit, um, Caitlin Clark, I want to say it was verse, was it Vatek? Um, mm-hmm. Louisville? Louisville doing the John Cena, you can't see me to her bench, you know. Uh, Caitlin Clark liked to talk a little bit of smack. Nothing too crazy. Like Haley Van Lith was talking to her. I think she told her to shut up. You're down 15, which is fair. Yeah. Um, and so when LSU was up 15 in the national championship game, out of reach pretty much, Angel Reese is giving Caitlin Clark the you can't see me directly to her face and following her off the court pretty much and talking in her ear and pointing at her finger. Like I got a ring. Where's yours. We just beat you. Um, and pretty much everyone in the sports world had some thoughts. We're hearing everything from angel Reese is classless. This was so disrespectful to, um, people have brought race into it. Obviously Caitlin Clark, white angel Reese, black, um, and Angel Reese is just being herself, leaving her alone. Um, if a man did this or if a white person did this, uh, no one would have any issue with it. Um, all kinds of discussion going on as a result. 
of this drama. So, Dion, what were your thoughts about, and I use the term celebration very loosely. Let's just call it what it is, trash talk. Um, Taunting is a better term, I guess. In the NFL, you'd be flagged for that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, What did you think of Angel Angel Reese taunting Caitlin Clark? And what do you think of people calling it classless? Do you think it was classless what she did? Um. I mean, it's just there's so many things to like point out in this, and I'll just start by saying like, like you said, it was amazing finals, and like all of that is getting covered by this drama, if you want to call it. Um, I like when Caitlyn did it, I had no problem with it. She was doing to her own bench. She was doing like the whole. She was talking shit the whole game. When Angel did it, I thought it was just disrespectful. I don't know about classes. I, I don't really care for for that word. I thought it was just disrespectful because it was unprovoked. I thought it was disrespectful because it lasted so long. I thought it was disrespectful because she literally followed Caitlyn around the court. Like, bro, what are you doing? We get it. You want? I have never seen that in any sport, man or female. It just doesn't make sense. And then, like, she's going to go on the podium to start, like, like, claiming that she's a victim and whatnot, like, talking about how Twitter's going to go crazy. Yeah, it's gonna, you knew it was going to go crazy. Now, like, you did that, and then you you, you, you say you're, that you expect backlash. You can't just now go ahead and, and pull the race card. Like, oh, y'all racist. Y'all demonizing me because I'm black. No. It was two different things. Two completely different things. And I don't understand how... People like like grown adults, grown adult reporters are taking her side, like in t- making it about race. She is the one that made it about race. Shannon, Stephen A, they all brought race into it when it didn't even need to be, and I don't understand why. So like, I'm just like very heated about this because it's just it's something that was blown out of proportion, and. And now she's trying to play the victim when she's the the main instigator, in my opinion. Yeah, I I'm with you. I don't like the word classless because that's like a term associated with a person. Like she yeah. has no class. Um, I the word I would use it was really unnecessary. Yeah. Really unnecessary. Of in general, in sports. Um I'm a big fan of, of trash talking, shit talking. Everyone is, okay? Obviously, you hate when it's done to your team, but you love it when your team does it, right? But what Angel Reese forgets is there are a few rules to trash talking. Let me name just a few. Obviously, the first one is you got to back it up. She did. She won the game, right? She played pretty well, I think. Nothing spectacular, but you got to back it up, okay? You don't get to talk shit. If you're losing, as Caitlin Clark reminded an opponent, or if you're not playing well, um, you don't get to talk shit if you can't back it up. The second rule is you have to do it the whole time, okay? You have to start from the jump, okay? If you want to talk shit, you have to start at the beginning of the game, okay? You don't get to come in in the fourth quarter at the end and say, oh, yeah, Last now that seconds. it's out of reach, I'm going to taunt you and I'm going to you know, get in your face. Nope, you got to do it the whole time. Michael Jordan said it best in the uh, – why am I blanking on this documentary now? Um, 
the last dance of I respect a man who talks shit from the jump. Okay. You got to do it the whole time. And third, and most importantly, there's a point where it has to stop. Okay. Of <laughs> uh, you can talking trash is as part of a big, you know, as much a part of sports as a ball is. Okay. It's gives you an advantage. It's part of the game. But then when the athletic part of the contest is over, when the game is in hand, when it's out of reach, there's a point where the shit talking stops or else it becomes personal. It's no longer about the athletic contest and it becomes kick trying to kick someone when they're down, trying to disrespect somebody. Most athletes, when they're up a lot, there is no more trash talking. It's okay. I came to, I came here to do what I, 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 I came, I did what I came here to do. I said what I came here to say, and it's over now, right? Uh, there's a point where it stops. You can shake hands, even if it was heated, even if it was intense. There's a point where it stops. You shake hands. And if you still don't like each other, you shake hands and it's done, right? Of uh, Boxers embrace at the end of fights. You know, like you, you did what you came here to do. And it has to stop at some point. And so for Angel Reese to not be saying anything from what anyone could say, and suddenly at the very end of the fourth quarter, when the game is well out of reach to suddenly be doing these out of pocket things and getting in her face and making it personal, that's incredibly disrespectful. You got to do it the whole time. You got to back it up. And then there's a point where it stops. Right. And for her, it, 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 it just takes away from your victory, right? You won the game. And for you to be doing this distracts everyone from how great your season was and how great of a tournament you just won. And now anybody, all anybody can talk about was your actions afterward. And so there's a point where it has to stop. That's, that's just one of the rules you want to respect your opponent, especially with Caitlin Clark of, to some extent you owe her a debt of gratitude of Caitlin. So many people came to the game and watched the game because they wanted to watch Caitlin Clark. And so for Caitlin Clark, she elevated you in a way of, you beat her, but she elevated your game and elevated your sport to never before seen levels. And so there has to be some kind of level of mutual respect there for all that she's done and for elevating your product and making it, uh, taking it to new levels. And so for you to just be so petty about it, it really, it, it rubs me the wrong way. It does. VJ, what, what were your thoughts about what, Angel Reese did at the end of the game. Would you call it classless? Uh, I think classless, like we're saying, is a, a strong word, and I'm not willing to go that far. To me, um, I thought it was just straight up corny. Like I would rather use that. It's yeah. just corny. Like uh, if I'm yeah, going, that's a, that's a good way to put it. I like that's that. A really good way to put it. Like if I'm going out of my way, literally during a timeout, walking away from my bench, to- following you to talk trash. I'm worried more about you than I, I am about the damn game. And that's where I feel like it got too far. Like I'm worried about showing you up and having a personal vendetta against you versus like enjoying the moment with my team, enjoying like this win. And that's where I felt like it just was excessive. Like I'm like, okay, one time I'm like, oh, I get it. She's mocking her. But then like when you like do it, not only at the free throw line, then after the timeout, you follow. Her, I'm like, okay, like this is just like, like TC said, there's a point at which it stops. And Lucas said it last year. It's easy to talk tough when you up, but where was that the entire time? Like, at the if, if that's what you're gonna do, start from the jump. Like, start when the zeros are on the clock. Like, let her know this is what time it is, but don't do it when you're up 15 with two minutes left. Like, okay, 
That's just it to me, it was just corny. And I feel like um it was over the top. And if you got to go out of your way to celebrate against somebody, then you're just you're not even focused on the mission at hand. You're just being petty at that point. Um, and again, it took away from the moment because I don't think no sports show has talked about the actual X's and O's or how the game went or the LSU guards who played really, really well, the shot making, the other girls on the team who played really well. Um, we're talking about like pettiness and like taunting and like people are saying, oh, that's like competition. I'm like, yeah, competition has limits when you're doing when you're talking about trash talking like TC keeps pointing out. So I just it took away from the moment because I felt like we haven't really talked about the actual game. We're talking about antics in the game. Um, and I just didn't appreciate the fact that she got up there and said, oh, you know, I felt like Caitlin Clark, she has to put respect on our name, too. And she disrespected us. And she got I'm like, what did she do? Like, how did she disrespect you guys? And like they met, they said she was disrespectful to South Carolina. Because they can't shoot and she just waved her hand off. Like, yes, that's kind of disrespectful. But, like, what did she do to you guys? That's basketball strategy. If anything, like, oh, if they can't shoot, why play? Well, I'm going to play the percentages. What that got to do with y'all? And, like, Angel Reese is talking about, yeah, I have to stand up for my my SEC sisters in South Carolina. I was like, now you just make – you're reaching. You're making up stuff. Like, I guess, did you watch The Last Dance? Do you have to manufacture motivation for yourself? Is that what you were trying to do? But, like – you're reaching too far to like create something that's not there. I felt like she went out of her way to find reasons to talk trash and to follow Caitlyn around with this. this like the, the, you can't see me is already corny enough. Like, I think that's one, like, that's so corny. If a dude did that to me, I'd be like, bro, what? Like, that's just so weak. Get, get a better move. Like get us some better moves. Like you can't see me. Come on, man. So it just completely was corny. That's the overall, that's the overall takeaway. Just corny. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> I'll just start laughing in their face, like, bro, what are you doing? Like, oh, oh, sick, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> he was about to go off. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Of uh, corny is a great word for it because it reminded me of the Phoenix Suns last year, right? Of like trying to taunt Luca and like, oh yeah, at the end of games and just trying to mess with him and just being assholes in general, right? That That's what it kind of reminded me of. And so that's that's a good way to put it. Um, and people are trying to compare the two of like, oh, well, Caitlin Clark, Clark talked trash at some point and like, but Caitlin Clark followed the rules, right? Of what I say, she backed it up, definitely. She was talking she did it the whole time. <laughs> And then it stopped later in the game, right? Except for when she's responding to Haley Van Lith, right? Like, shut up, you're down 15. Like, you you can respond. That's allowed. But, yeah, scoreboard, right? The, the classic argument. And so it's it's not the same thing, right? It, it's not the same thing. And when Caitlin Clark did the You Can't See Me originally, it was to her own bench, right? Of, like... You know, she's trying to gas herself up and yes, it's technically disrespectful, but it wasn't directly at an opponent. So it's it's not the same thing. It's really not. Um and with what Angel Reese had to say afterwards was, Oh, I'm just being myself. Well, Angel, if that's how you if that's yourself, yourself is an asshole. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, whatever superlatives other people want to live, like it's, that's just rude. Like, you're an asshole. That's an asshole thing to do. 
especially when you're not backing off of it. I'm like, you could have just said, look, I got a little carried away. My bad. Look, it's the national championship. Emotions are running high. Like, that's fine. I get it. I've never been in a national championship. I can understand that. But for you to just be like, no, um, it's because people, you know, trying to play the race card and like, oh, I didn't do anything wrong. It's just because of this. It's like, no, you could have just backed it up a little bit, like 5%. Look, I got a little carried away. Too much muscle on that one. Too much. People are making too big a deal of this, and maybe that's true. But just, I got a little carried away. All right, could could have done that, but you decided, but you didn't. You're sticking with I did nothing wrong, um, and and all the other reasons VJ laid out that are that are BS for why you had to do it, and there was nothing wrong with it. Um, but VJ, do you think people are overreacting to this? That's an interesting question because I don't think people are overreacting to the situation itself. I think they're overreacting to the optics of it and like the undertone of it. And like Dion laid out earlier, like all too quick, people are so quick to bring race into it. Um, We talked about, I mean, I brought it up a couple weeks ago at the MVP race. Kendrick Perkins brought race into it quickly. And I'm like, dude, every time, it cannot be that this is the argument that is resulted to. Cause I'm like, in my opinion, if the, per- you could, the person could have been white, green, blue, who, whatever. I think that the, the celebration was too much, no matter who it was. Like, it doesn't matter who did that. It was just excessive. And I feel like people were overreacting because of, Oh, now it's like, it's a, it's a black versus white thing again. I'm like, that's not what it's about. It's just like the, like the, the integrity of competition. Like if, an NBA player does that, I'm pretty sure we're all looking at them like, dude, like, this guy's corny. Like, Dylan Brooks does something like that. Like, this dude is just corny. Like, no one likes that. But now we're trying to defend her because we're saying, oh, like, don't pick on her. It was cool when Caitlin did announce the problem. She doesn't. Like, no, it's a little bit different. So I feel like people are overreacting to the optics of it. And, like, of course, you have two opposing play styles. Like, LSU um, and then Iowa. People are immediately like, oh, you have to – you have to pick a side, essentially. You can't just be a fan of the game. So now I feel like people are overreacting to the optics of it and, like, the undertone of the situation. Because, I mean, like, if you think about it, we talk trash all the time. And we might get carried away. And I feel like in the men's game, it happens all the time. So people are overreacting to, one, like, should women be, like, talking trash like this? Which I'm sure, like, this is good for the game. But at the same time, like, the way it looks, this is what people are, like, making a big deal out of, I feel like. Yeah, I I like a lot what you said of in asking myself, do I think people are overreacting? Yes and no. Mm-hmm. Um, no, because it was such a big stage. This is you could make an argument. This is the biggest stage in women's basketball. I'm pretty sure, you know, the NCAA championship gets quite a bit more viewers than the WNBA finals and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it is the biggest stage in women's basketball and so for it to happen on such a big big stage is crazy of course everyone's going to talk about it but at the same time all these people coming out of the woodworks and you know talking about the sanctity of the game and stuff and like i don't think most of them have still ever seen a women's basketball game like you didn't care about women's basketball a few minutes ago and all of a sudden now you're coming out of the woodwork and you have an opinion on this and you know I'm, i'm not gatekeeping it either you're allowed to have an opinion but like you know, it is in that way of like, you you didn't care a minute ago, but now all of a sudden you care. I, I don't know. But 
when this, like I said, though, when the stage is that big, though, and you're acting that way on such a massive stage, um, you could make an argument this may have been the biggest women's basketball game ever. I think the ratings would probably back that up. It has to be the most watched ever. Um, for for you to be acting that way on such a big stage, like no, people are reacting so vehemently because everyone saw it, <laughs> and the whole world was watching, right? And everyone saw it. So in that way, no, people are not overreacting. A huge moment for you, huge moment for your sport, and in terms of you know, dignifying yourself and your school, you kind of, you kind of chose to go the other way, right. And prove a point to an opponent when you could have just shook hands and said, good game. So I, I don't think people are overreacting in that way. Dion, or do you think people are blowing this out of proportion? Um, I back everything you guys said. The only thing I think they are overreacting on is, is, is the media. The media is overreacting to the race thing. I think that should have never been a thing in the first place. And I think they're just blowing it out of proportion because it was never about that, like I said earlier. But I'm I'm glad that this game happened. I'm glad that the, the, the it's getting public publicity because like mm-hmm. now this this sport, the women's basketball, is gonna get more um, more views, more fans, and whatnot. So I'm I'm happy about that. But the overreacting, I I think just the the race thing is what bothers me the most. Like, bro. It was never about that, so just shut up. Beach. Facts. Beach. Um, DJ, any closing thoughts on this before we move on? Um, the only thing I get I want to add is that like when as far as us saying are people saying like is there a double standard and or is it like fair or whatnot? Again, like we all just kept saying it's not the it wasn't the same thing. Like people were saying she did the exact same thing. I was like, well. Did Caitlin follow anyone around and like just continuously do it? No. So it's like a difference. And I feel like people, again, to Dion's point, they throw that out the window and just they use a lazy argument and say it was the same thing and she's only being penalized because she's black. And I was like, no, you have to separate the two and look at the action and the incident versus just immediately running through it. So I don't know. I just feel like people will lose a little more effort in these kinds of things versus a lazy argument just saying that because then now – we're taking we're taking it away from sports now. We're getting like way far off into something that just shouldn't be necessary. We're talking about because really this is a good moment for women's college basketball, and it's like tainted because we're talking about anything but the actual game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think my closing arguments is I think my opinion on this has been cemented not in the actual incident, but what's happened since of. Angel Reese refusing to back down from what she said. You know, there was the whole Jill Biden thing about we should invite Iowa to the White House, too. And Angel Reese saying jokes like, you you know, like and and like I get it. Iowa should not be invited to the White House. That's the winner's circle. Like, you, you know, when you're already taking heat for how you responded to beating Iowa, for you to just once again be like jokes like, you know, that's pretty unnecessary. Um, and then how Caitlin Clark has handled it. She stood up for Angel Reese when she really yeah. didn't have to. And um, also said that she wouldn't be going to the White House. Like, cl- class all around from Caitlin Clark. She is a credit to the sport. Um, and so f- when you look at those two reactions, 
of like we we've all gotten into it playing sports right we've all said and done things we did not mean playing sports i remember like it was yesterday i was getting absolutely cooked by chad colby he went up for a layup i shoved him as hard as i could could have injured him okay like he got up he was upset totally understandable i immediately was like i should not have done that I was frustrated as all hell. I literally went up to him the next day and I said, bro, I am sorry. That was entirely my fault. I understand if you're upset with me. Like, (laughs) I get it. Stuff happens in sports. We're all guilty of it. We've all done it. But afterwards, you should realize like, yeah, my bad. I, I let my emotions get the best of me instead of, nope, everyone else is wrong. I did nothing wrong. Everyone just hates me for no reason. Like what? Just, just walk it back. Just say my emotions got the better of me. My bad. Come like, on now. Yeah. So Dion, like all of us, when we used to play pickup at Marquette. It would get entirely too heated. Like all of us. <laughs> and as soon as one of us went too far, and as soon as the game was over, we literally walk up to one another. We're like, all right. Where y'all want to go eat at? Like that's what like because we understand sure. like, it gets competitive, yeah. it gets bad, but we know like okay that was wrong of me or maybe I shouldn't have said that. But to keep doubling down on is like okay maybe is this who you really are? If this is who like you're being yourself, I don't really know if I like who you are. Like don't don't be so don't be such an asshole. Right, like <laughs> we've all it's, everyone's <laughs> done it. If you've cared about playing sports and sports mean something to you and you've played at any level. Like it's it's happened to you. You've done or said something you didn't mean. Okay, yeah, well, you've been an asshole when you didn't mean to. Like, but so that doesn't mean everyone else is wrong because you did it, right? Yeah. Like it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that she's classless that it happened. Like we've all gotten carried away before, but then it's your responsibility to raise your hand, and say my bad, my fault. Like, yeah. you know, uh, Dion. Any any final thoughts before we move on to the Mavericks? I mean, I would like to like prolong this. Uh, I was about to say, now that I brought the Mavericks <laughs> like, into actually, it, he's gonna I'm he's gonna talk for twenty minutes. <laughs> I, was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say something, but nah, we can move on. I guess. All right, fair enough. Um, really, really interesting. Um, incident and the the talk around this since has been really interesting too. A lot of interesting points. Some stupid, some not being made about this so really really interesting case study of sports um the dallas mavericks dion what is what what what's good with that um dallas last time i checked now in 11th place in the west um how many games below 500 i think five five games under 500 uh tough currently outside of the play they're 37 and 42 currently outside the play in tournament even talks i think they sh- they dispelled this rumor but there was a rumor floating around that they were going to shut down luka doncic for the season and kyrie. um and kyrie so uh dion what's what's wrong with the mavericks what's going on there i guess i mean where do i even start hey we <laughs> dumped on we dumped on the celtics last week sorry I mean, what happened to the Lakers? The opposite happened to the Dallas Mavericks, basically. After the trade deadline, they literally switched roles. After the trade deadline, Dallas was in seventh. Lakers were in 13th. Now Lakers are in seventh. 
2011. Um, we can't win a game. We can't beat anybody because we can't play defense, which is something that I, I said since the beginning of the season. Um, I thought that with Kyrie, we would have enough firepower to overcome this. But there's also coaching that goes into this. And I cannot... I don't even know where to begin to criticize Jason Kidd. I don't understand his mentality. Um, you are you have two n- number one players on your team, and you still can't make the playoffs. You go from in in like well into the playoffs to outside from the outside looking in because you don't want to make adjustments to your rotations because you want to bring a start a starting center off the bench for some fucking reason, a starting power forward off the bench for some fucking reason, and I don't get it. JaVale McGee should start every game. I don't care if he's not that great, but we need somebody in the paint to play defense, and we do not want to play him. Christian Wood needs to play more than 15 minutes a game. I don't care if he's not the greatest defensive player, but he's a body that can bring height into the paint and can, you know, kind of deter some players from coming to the paint because everybody's feasting, every single fucking team. We lost twice to Charlotte. Embarrassing. And the one time he plays JaVale, we actually make a game out of the Atlanta game. We end up losing because of some dumb mistake at the end. But we were down by 15 at one point, and then we put in JaVale, and we're we're right right back in it. We went to overtime because they stopped throwing lobs. And every team has been doing that to us ever since All-Star break. Jason Kidd is doing nothing about it. So it's either he's got to go or we need to – have some intervention and bring in some defensive players because that's what we need. It's defense at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, plenty of blame to go around here. Um, and I didn't even touch, I didn't even touch Kyrie and Luca in what I said. Yeah. There's some stuff about them that I want to say too. Yeah. Uh, plenty, pl- plenty of blame to go around, but to me, I don't know if this is a Jason Kidd thing. I don't know if it's a Luca or Kyrie thing, but this team just lacks toughness. They don't want to compete every night. They don't they don't want to compete. I still maintain I don't think there's anything fundamentally wrong with this roster. If the Oklahoma City Thunder if the Bro, Oklahoma we, City Thunder can be in playoff contention, there's no reason why this Mavs roster can't be in contention. Okay, so you're telling me Dwight Powell is better than anybody on OKC? No, I'm not. I'm not saying they're the Nuggets. I've seen a box score this season of Kyrie and Luka going for 30, and the other three starters have zero points, zero rebounds, and like two assists combined. Three players. I get it, but I'm not saying the roster is perfect, but the roster is a hell of a lot better than 11th in the West. Like the roster needs improvement, but there's no reason they shouldn't be in the playoffs with this roster. Okay. And so everyone wants to, you know, put the blame at the feet of Mark Cuban and Jason Kidd. Um, And maybe Jason Kidd does deserve a good chunk of this, but everyone said at the deadline, they needed to make a, a splash. Mark Cuban went out and made that splash. Okay. At some level, you have to do it with the guys who are there. Right at some point, you have to take what's there. LeBron took bums to the finals. Okay, that doesn't mean the roster is perfect, that doesn't mean they should be in first, but 
they should be above 500. No question about it. Um, And, you know, this is a team that lacks toughness. They don't have an identity. They don't have a lot of chemistry. Um, And I, I think everyone deserves some of that blame. But, uh, VJ, what's what's gone wrong for the Mavs? Um, I, I think so. I know JK would get a lot of flack, but I know his lineups have not been like ideal. Um, and the inability to defend is probably the biggest like crutch that the Mavs have. Like, I think teams are scoring at will against them. Um, and to me, like, as I love Luca, like, I think he's one of my favorite players to watch, but like, you question who is the leader on the team like where is the leadership coming from with the Mavs um and I feel like Luca like he he's a great great player but does he have the intangibles is what I'm questioning like if you look at some of the guys we put him in the same class with um like if you look at a, a guy like Jason Tatum I feel like Tatum is a leader in a sense. Like you can kind of gain that and you can glean that he's a leader. Like it might not be always perfect like the year 2021, where they were the seventh seed, they had to fight in the play-in. It wasn't going great, but he still was a leader. Um, like you look at guys like Giannis, um, LeBron, like there's leadership intangibles. And I feel like Luca is so great that he's gonna have to eventually develop into that leadership role. Um, so that's what I think is missing. It's just this, the lineups and the defense aren't good, but there's no sense of all right, who's gonna guide us while we're struggling right now? Like who's gonna take responsibility? And you would like you would love it to be, you know, a young superstar like Lucas. So it's just like it's a mess, but no one's willing to like kind of step up and lead them to the promised land, if you will. Yeah, and we'll get to Lucas specifically here in a sec. But let's start with Kyrie. Of uh, VJ, how much of the blame does Kyrie deserve for where the Mavericks are at right now? Um so I might be in the lone spot with this, but I think it's really easy to blame Kyrie for what like going on because they're seven and twelve with them. They dropped from four to eleven since he got there, but he's actually been playing relatively well. Like he's still been putting up uh, most of the same numbers in Brooklyn, and you you know what you're getting with him like great offense, ball handling, showmanship. But you knew your defense would be lacking. Um, and I feel like just he and Luca. I don't know if Luca's ever played with a guy who can do some of the similar things he can. So maybe Luca has had a tough time adjusting to it. But I don't want to put it all on you know Kyrie's shoulders. He does. There is the Kyrie effect, no doubt about it. But I don't think it's squarely all on him. So if I had to like just, I'd say he gets a portion of it, but not the majority of the blame for the struggles. Yeah, I mean, I agree with the Kyrie effect, but I think the Kyrie effect is a large, you know, factor for why the Mavericks are below 500. I don't think Kyrie does any of this intentionally, um, but he seems to bring down whatever team he's been on lately. Uh, Mavs got significantly worse record wise when he got there, certainly much worse defensively when he got there. Brooklyn, we saw what happened. Uh, The Celtics underachieved when he was there. Um, at some point, you got to think like it, it is Kyrie. Of I still believe that he doesn't do anything wrong per se. Like you watch him play, he plays well, he plays hard. He's a you know pretty good teammate. 
from you know all accounts nobody's saying that he's like intentionally toxic or anything like that but something about the way Kyrie plays and his attitude it just seems to bring down whatever team he's on and I'm not even entirely sure why that is but I mean we're on team number four now that this is kind of happening with and at some point you got to put some of the blame on Kyrie I don't even know what he could do differently it's just He's, you know, fittingly, he was hurt for quite a bit of this stretch. You know, that's part of what you get with Kyrie these days. And so I I don't know. But I think anyone who's looking at, including the Mavericks, Kyrie is a free agent this offseason. I think he would be crazy to give this guy a ton of money to play on your team. I don't think this you're looking at Kyrie Irving on the Mavericks right now and saying clearly the talent is there. Clearly, the offensive ability is there, but in terms of what he brings to a team, I don't think it's a whole lot right now. He can bring you about 25 points, maybe give up 30, and other than that, I I, I don't know. Like, I'm not trying to assassinate Kyrie or like sound like I'm bitter, but we we have a pretty large sample size at this point. For whatever reason, it's not working with Kyrie on any team he's been on. I don't I don't really know. Uh, Dion, how much of the blame are you putting on Kyrie? I'm not putting that much blame on him, honestly. Um, I mean, the roster is rotten. We have the same players for the past 10 years, and that's why <laughs> at some point when, when you lose some the defense, it's going gonna, gonna to go downhill. We lost D, uh, DFS. We lost Spencer. Though That provided a little bit of toughness in, in, in defense. Um. But Kyrie, the, the thing that bothers me the most and the thing the thing that makes me not want to have him on this team is that countless times in moments that count, he doesn't go for the ball. And it drives me fucking insane. Mm-hmm. We need a bucket. I'm talking about when Luca's off the court and there's crucial moments in the game where the momentum swings and he lets Reggie Bullock bring the ball up or Tim Hardaway bring the ball up when he should be the one with the ball, and he repeatedly goes to the fucking corner and just waits. It drives me absolutely insane. It could be we're down like four, it could be we're up four, and we need to go on a little run to like either shut the game up or put it back in, or get back in the game. And Luca's out for whatever reason, if it's rest or, or whatnot. And Kyrie just disappears. Why? <laughs> you can score. Nine times out of ten when you have the ball. That is why they brought you in. Why are you not doing it? It just drives me crazy. I don't care about his stuff off the court. I don't care that he, every team that he's been on before doesn't like doesn't perform or whatnot. It's just these this little thing that drives me nuts and cost us multiple games since he got here. And I'm not blaming all on him. It's the rest of the team. I'm just saying this contributes to it. And and it's I don't I don't really know how to fix it because you could tell him to like get the ball but he's not gonna do it. Yeah. Um, so then switching to Luka Doncic, how much Dion? How much of the blame are you putting on Luka Doncic? For me, right now, he gets a, he gets a fair portion of the blame. He needs to stop complaining. He needs to stop shooting the ball in the step back from three every other play. Like he's just trying to rack up points. It just drives it just it drives me crazy. Like, bro, just stick to what has been working and do it efficiently, especially now that you have Kyrie. 
You don't have to change your game because you have Kyrie on your team. It's just the efficiency has gone down significantly, in my opinion. And I'm just talking about the eye test. I didn't, I didn't even look at the stats. I was just looking at the games. It just seems like he doesn't run plays, really. He just shoots or just drives and misses because he's because he's I don't even know why he misses. They used to make all those little slow drives with the little bump at the end. He used to make them all the time. Now he misses. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know what's going on. But he just has to be more efficient if we want to play for something. And he gets a fair share of the blame because because of it. And he he used he played like an MVP for the majority of the season. But lately it's just been like very subpar and and his subpar is still great because he's dropping 30, 10, 10, whatever. It's just he has to do it in a way that makes his teammates better. And I don't know, for whatever reason, ever since Kyrie got here and ever since Spencer and D were, are gone, everybody just completely crumbled. Reggie Bullock is not even a player. I don't, he's just donuts. He's just a donut running around. <laughs> White Powell, Powell is six is six ten. The only big guy that we play apparently for some fucking reason and gets three rebounds a game and zero points. Tim Hardaway can go for thirty, and the next night he can go for negative thirty. I don't even know how that's possible, but he does it. <laughs> Christian Wood plays fifteen minutes a game. Javale plays ten minutes every other game. I just, I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's just very defeating. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Luca deserves a fair amount of the blame. Uh, JJ Reddick tells a story on the old man in the three of when he was at Duke. Um, And Coach K uh, came back to a huddle one time when they were in a timeout. And he just, all he said was, you guys' body language fucking sucks. And that's all he said. And I think about that a lot of times when I'm watching Luca. Of his body language sucks. Of he's short with his teammates. He's constantly complaining to the referee on every single play, like to the point where he's not getting back on defense because he's working the officials and throwing a little bit of temper tantrum when, you know, he doesn't get a call. And like, I get it in today's NBA, working the officials is a big part of the game. Like, I, I get that, but he will not defend. He, it looks like a lot of his teammates don't like playing with him. I, I, I do have a counterpoint. I do have a counterpoint to that, just real quick. Sure. It gets defeating after a while when you pass the ball. I get it. Wide open dude, and he fucking bricks it. I will be I get pissed. It. I'll be pissed too at my teammates. Honestly. I get it. And I don't know if it's the, you know, the chicken or the egg. Of, I don't know if he takes so much on himself that because he, can't trust his teammates or I don't know if he's making his teammates worse because he's trying to do it all himself you know it's probably an endless cycle and some of both but I feel like it must be kind of difficult to play with him right now because his attitude stinks Um, he's more concerned with you know he's constantly frustrated and taking out his frustration and I, I don't blame him for being frustrated but he's got to show more resilience both in the game and through the season mentally and not complain so much and try and set up your teammates more. I'm not trying to assassinate his character. We clearly saw what his character was last year and what he's capable of. 
And so he, I, quite frankly, he just needs to complain more or complain less and pout less and worry about trying to set up his teammates and getting them more involved. And like, I get it. Kobe Bryant had to figure that out at some point in his career. There was a point where I don't trust any of my teammates. They all suck. And then, you know, in conversations and he kind of learned how to elevate his teammates and trust his teammates. And it led the Lakers to two titles. Like it, you know, that's not necessarily unconditional, but at the same time, you got to take part of that onto yourself as well. And so Luca deserves a, Fair amount of the criticism. Oh, he had a little bit better teammates than sure. than Luca does, but okay, I get your point. Sure, but you know, if your teammates suck, that's a fair point. But also, part of that you you put on yourself. Like uh, I brought up LeBron before. If LeBron's teammates sucked, and he found ways to elevate them, right? I'm not saying Luca is LeBron James, but I'm just saying it can be done. LeBron always to the point of criticism put that on himself to make his teammates better so he elevated coaches he elevated teammates and so at some point you got to take that control what you can control you can elevate your teammates to a certain extent and there's enough talent on this roster to at least compete definitely not win a title but to compete and so if you have a roster to compete and you're not competing the buck stops at you I mean, I disagree about the talent, but okay. <laughs> Fair enough. BJ, how much of the blame are you putting on Luca? Uh, I think he gets a good portion of it just because how this works is when you're the guy, when you're the franchise guy, if you, when it's going well, you get the credit. And when it's going poorly, you get the blame. And I kind of said a little bit earlier, I feel like Luca just has some intangibles he has to like work on and not I mean that doesn't come easy and he's young. So leadership is probably something he's still learning. But again, the, the biggest thing I had underlined in my notes was like body language. I feel like it's contagious and your guys can feel your attitude. And I learned at a young age, like how you carry yourself, it is going to trickle down to your teammates. Um, and the point I had too, was like LeBron and Cleveland is very reminiscent of this. Um, before, I mean, obviously Kyrie is better than what LeBron was kind of dealing with at some points, but even though the guys were missing, he would be upset if they didn't shoot it. Like he would say, Hey, like keep shooting. I'm going to give it, I'm going to find you. And I feel like Luca is getting deflated by people missing, which I totally get, but I think they're on now that's becoming like, Oh damn, if I don't, if I don't make this shot, Luca might not pass it to me. Or I just feel like his attitude is very contagious on the team. But that's also not to say that um, I feel like, again, Jay Kidd, he called Luca out multiple times this season, like very nonchalantly. I feel like Luca just hasn't responded to Jay Kidd in a way that would like make the season turn around. And I feel like I don't I'm not saying it's Jay Kidd's fault or like he's like tuning him out. But I feel like Luca needs a voice that resonates with him, that holds him more accountable than Jay Kidd does to an extent and like that kind of understands like, listen, you're the leader. I can't give you too much leeway. These guys are going to follow your lead and they're going to like do kind of as you do. So, and I think Luca might just need to look in the mirror a little bit. Like, Hey, I can't argue with the refs every call, like to the point where I'm not getting back on defense or if I'm on offense arguing with the ref about a call from two plays ago, I'm not paying attention to the action that's going on. So I just feel like Luca just has to do some soul searching a little bit. And then you got to think about it. It didn't work with KP traded. Brunson could have stayed and they didn't make it work. Now Kyrie, like 
I think Luke just has to look at himself and go, hey, like, is there is there anything I can do better to make my situation better? Or can I just start pointing fingers? So and I feel like maybe that's just something that's the next element of growth for him, because, again, he's super young. So no one's expecting to have it figured out. And maybe that's the next part of him being a better player is him figuring out ways that he can have those intangibles as a leader. Yeah, fair enough. Interesting to see what happens moving forward because they might be done this season. They only have a slim chance to make the the playing games. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens the next season. Um, yeah, coming from a team that was in the Western Conference Finals last year, it's pretty pretty massive disappointment. Um, okay, really quick. Um, Ben Simmons getting shut down for the season. Um, VJ, do you think this means the end of Ben Simmons? Have we essentially he might play a few more games here and there, but have we seen the last of Ben Simmons for all intents and purposes? Um, I hate to say it, I think the Ben Simmons we saw before the all star caliber guy who we saw, the defense player of the year, that guy's gone. But I don't think it's because of like physical gifts. I think something else happened to him that he needs to take his time and figure out. So that guy might be gone. Yeah, I totally agree. But Ben Simmons, as we knew him, is gone. The ghost of Ben Simmons may continue to haunt the NBA for another year or two. Um, but Ben Simmons, for all intents and purposes, is dead and gone. Dion, you think we'll ever see Ben Simmons again? We will not see Ben Simmons touch an NBA floor for the rest of our lives. Oh, you think he's done? Done? I think, I think he's done. Done. Why? Why would you? T- why would you pay him? Like honestly, why would you pay him? He doesn't play when he I plays. Mean, he already because he, he already has a contract. Well, <laughs> you well, have to pay well, him. Of course, but... of course, of course. But why would he not to play? He's gonna, he, he finds ways not to play. He's not yeah. hurt. Yeah. He's not hurt. It was all mental. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it would be it would be stupid for any team to give him another contract. I don't know how much he has left on this on this contract, but I think like four or five, like four, three or four years. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, this is gonna oh, yeah. this is gonna be this is gonna be a Luol Deng contract. Watch. Yeah, this is the worst contract in the league. I don't think it's particularly. You thought Russ league. was bad. This is really this good. is really bad. Yeah. Ain't nobody gonna take him. Yeah, you fell off a cliff. Crazy. All right, let's get to our five games of the week. And we have some drama in the five games of the week. Last week, strap in. Dion, the scores from last week, please. Uh, TC went 4-1. V went 3-2. and two, And I, again, below 500, 2-3. <laughs> the standings are as follows. TC is in the lead by one game as we come down to the last two weeks of the of the NBA season. V is in second, one game behind, fifty-eight and thirty-seven, and I am. I don't even. I don't even need to say. It. I'm eleven games behind. <laughs> I mean, you've been throwing hail marys for know. two months trying to catch up. So, yeah. I, I I will focus my 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 uh, energy into the playoffs and winning the playoff. Dion is shutting down his picks for the season. I'm I'm, I'm shutting down my picks. <laughs> I'm like mathematically eliminated. Mm-hmm. Five games of the week coming down to the wire. We're gonna have to figure out a tiebreaker if if, if it's tied. Um, hoping to just win outright, but 
Um, if history is any indication, that probably won't happen. Um, all right, game number one: Lakers at the Clippers Wednesday night. And shit, dude, I don't know. I try intentionally tried to make these games as difficult as possible. And I guess I'm riding the Lakers here. Basically at home. They're building. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm taking the Lakers here. Yeah, yeah, give me the Lakers. VJ, who do you, who do you like? I like the Lakers here too. Um, I feel like they had a little bit more momentum than the Clippers. And no Paul George, so... Yeah, it's a big factor. Dion, do we even bother with you? I mean, I, I guess. I'll take the go. Lakers. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I just want to close the gap a little bit. Jeez. Yeah. Game number two, Nuggets at the Suns. This is tough, but with KD back, give me the Suns in this one at home. Um, Nuggets could definitely win that game, but I think I like the Suns at home. Uh, VJ? Yeah, I'll get I'll take the Suns. I'll take the Suns. Dion? I mean, I was gonna take the Suns, but since you guys picked the Suns, I'm gonna take the Nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> Game number three. Heat at the Sixers. Um, this is another tough one. Sixers currently only up one against the Celtics without Jalen Brown at home. Um, I think I'll still take the Sixers at home, I guess, if I have to. I don't trust the heat. I don't, I don't trust the heat. It's like my arm, I guess, especially on the road. So, yeah, give me the Sixers, BJ. Yeah, I like the Sixers at home too. Dion, I I had the Sixers, but I'm gonna change it. <laughs> Love it. Game got a hit. Number four, Grizzlies at the Bucks. Um, two very good teams, but Bucks are a juggernaut at home. Grizzlies are bad on the road. Give me the Bucks. DJ. Uh rolling with the Bucks here too. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I want to see the Bucks. Um, uh, I'm hoping that they're going to arrest somebody, so I'm going to get the Grizzlies. Um, Game number five, the absolute banger that is Warriors at Blazers. <laughs> um, I guess I have to take the Warriors. Uh, dog shit on the road, but I, Wiggins will be back, I think. That's not Actually, even like the point, like bro. They ha- the the Blazers just signed three players on a ten day contract to like have players. <laughs> there, were the are gonna be there are not a lot of good games this week. I don't know. Should we <laughs> switch this game out? Because that that game is an absolute dub for the for the Warriors. I don't know. Should we switch this one out? Mm. Who else plays? There's um, Celtics Wolf Raptors, Raptors, Sixers Hawks, but we can't repeat. Knicks Pelicans, Knicks Pelicans. Ah, yeah. Warriors Kings. Where's Where's that? Friday. Friday. 
Mm-hmm. I bet. We'll do that one. If that's okay with you, VJ. Yeah. I don't want to leave you in a position where you have to pick the Blazers here. Yeah, no. <laughs> Who's home for that Kings game? I think the Kings are at home. Warriors at Kings. All right. Game number five, also on Friday. Warriors at the Kings. Um, Andrew Wiggins could be back for that, but light the beam, baby. Give me the Kings at home. Which means, VJ, you will be taking the Warriors, I assume. We've had the same picks four games in a row, so you have to change one of them. <laughs> or you have to change one of them, too. Mm. Wait, I'm up, I'm is up Sunday the game. last game? Yeah. Regular oh, this season. is the last week? Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. So me and VJ picked the same team for four games in a row, and since he's down one, he has to... Wow. Warriors on the road? Or you can go back and change one uh, one of the other ones. I'll take Warriors on the road then. Okay, which means if you get this right and I get this wrong, do we tie? Yes, I think we tie. I'm trying to think of another way to t- do the tiebreaker, or just do co-champions. No. That's it. That's we fine. Can't both get invited to the White House. Yeah, just do Plus, I made that goal to be VJ at something. Hey, 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 hey. In, in college basketball, there is co-champions, conference champions. Yeah. Oh, wait, there won't be a tiebreaker. No, yes, there will. There could be. And then there's the playoffs. That could be the tiebreaker. Like it could finish in a tie. That's fine. Because com- they, they have conference co-champions every time. No, we got to have a champion, VJ. No, just do co-champs, bro. It's it, is, it is going on nine something. Just do co-champs. Bro, I just want to eat, bro. Let's go. <laughs> Come on. Fine. And who knows? You probably one of us will probably win outright because these games might not go how we think. <laughs> yeah. Well, since yeah, it'll depend on Warriors Kings, I guess. Um, all right. All right, let's go out of bounds real quick. Talk about our non-basketball related topic, which in this it's the 100th episode of the dagger. Um, absolutely wild that we've done a hundred, like seriously, a hundred episodes. That 100. is a shit ton. Actually, kind of blows my mind that we've been yeah. pumping out that many episodes. So let, let's let, let's reminisce a little bit since it's our 100th episode. And first, let's talk about some of our favorite episodes we've ever done. Dion, what have been your favorite episodes that we've put out? Okay, so my phone just died, so I don't have my notes, but I think I remember. Uh, I think one of my favorite episodes has got to be the award, the, the annual awards for the Good Hustle and Hooper of the Week awards. I think that's one of my favorites. It's just a way to look back at the year and look at the funny and good moments. And I think that's just a great episode every year. And then I really like our draft episode because I have to cram the day before <laughs> and trying to figure out who, who the, whoever all these players are. And then we come back and, and I act like I know about them. I don't, I mean, I do, but <laughs> it's, just, it's just because I did a lot of research the day before and I just like to get a little, Inside of what the next year is going to look like, so I really, I really like those two episodes that we we've done. Definitely, VJ. What have been some of your favorite episodes that we've done? 
Um, NBA trivia was really good. That was really oh, that one was fun. Oh my god, we have to do that again. We got to yeah. bring that back. That was. Really I'll, I'll, get, I'll I'll whip something up. <laughs> yeah, we get we got to run that back. Yeah, that was dope. Then having uh Papa Franklin on for like our NBA yep. top ten all time. That was oh, really yeah. Fun. We like literally that might have been like two or three episodes in. <laughs> yeah, oh. that was that was like our first season. Yeah, we we're just emotional young whippersnappers back then. <laughs> um, NBA What If was really was really fun. Oh, that do. one was sick. NBA What If was dope. Conspiracy theories, I thought was really dope as well. Yep. Um, and then the annual award show for Good Hustle and Good Hooper is yep. <laughs> always so hilarious. Yeah, those ones are fun. Yeah, you guys took most of mine. I, I loved conspiracy <laughs> theories. Um, that one was probably my all time favorite. Was doing conspiracy theories. We'll do that again this off season. Um, like Dion, I love the draft episodes. Those are that's mm. definitely the most research I do is for the draft right. episodes. <laughs> watching YouTube highlights and um, yeah, every out. mock draft I can find. I love doing the draft episodes. I love the annual award shows, the hustlers of the year in particular. Love those. And the one you guys didn't mention, I love our new year's resolutions. Those are always hilarious. Yeah. I love That's doing new year's resolutions. Those are, and just our holiday episodes in general are always really fun. Um, what do we love about doing the dagger? What's our favorite things we get out of doing the dagger? And um, it's going to be kind of corny, but Dion and BJ, those, those are my guys, man. I love getting to do the dagger with them. I love the camaraderie. I love getting to hang out with them every week and do the show. Definitely a good time. Um, you guys are my guys, man. I, I appreciate y'all. Um, and I love the fans, man. Like the amount of people who like talk to me about the dagger, like people texted me like bro fire episode this week. Like, what about this? And like, you know, I have an opinion on that or like, um, I hang out with Dion's family on occasion and they're always like, this is him TC from the dagger. Like, you know, like this is, him, <laughs> you know, like introducing me to other people. Like, it's, it's just super cool, man. Then love, love the fans and the supporters. And it's fun to like have our friends on and do this. Like we've had Dustin on a few times, Daniel, Karsten, we've had Kendrick on, Hunter, Papa Franklin. I know I'm forgetting at least a couple, but like we, you know, having guests on is always fun too, that we do it with a bunch of other people as well. It's super fun. Dion, what do you love about doing the dagger? I mean, I just love chilling with my brothers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> with my brothers. Chilling with my brothers. <laughs> I don't know if you ever seen that video. That's my, one of my favorite. No, all, all time video. All time <laughs> video. video. Uh, no, like it's a it's a way for us to keep keep in touch. You know, what I'm saying like we we spend two hours every week recording, talking about whatever we love about basketball. Just you know, sharing our opinion with the world. It's just it's just fun. It's just fun, and I just want to keep doing it. You know, what I'm saying a hundred a hundred is just like the beginning. Definitely. VJ, what do you love about doing the dagger, man? Yeah, I mean, mine is pretty cliche, too. It's like talking hoops with my friends is probably one of my favorite things to do. Um, I used to love going on Facebook and just like posting all this, these basketball texts. But then I was like, it's way more fun to like talk it out with people who actually have some basketball sense and not just like argue to argue. 
Um, and I genuinely like look forward to like hearing what you guys have to say about different topics. Um, and then like what I love about our show is we try to be relatable. And I feel like we never have ever tried to be just like clickbait or just make up stuff just to say it and get people's attention. We've always tried to be authentic to ourselves. And that's I was looking at a lot of our ratings say like we bounce stuff off of each other or we feed off each other. And that's how you know you got it because it doesn't even feel like we're recording that long because we always got stuff to say. So oh, yeah, just naturally occurs. It's literally the quickest two hours. Let's say the best three there has been probably. Definitely yeah. the biggest big three. <laughs> mm-hmm. Love it, man. Yeah, it's a great time, man. Like it's it's never pulling teeth for us to record. We love doing it, and we love bringing it to you guys. Um, really quick, goals for our next hundred episodes that we're going to accomplish. Uh, VJ, any goals for our next hundred episodes? Yeah. Um, I got a. I actually got a hefty list, so I'll be quick. Uh, yeah. I would love for us to get even more merch. If we can figure out how to do that, just like include that in some fan giveaways. I know we want oh, yeah. to be very uh, interactive with the listeners. Um, I want to have a, expand our guest list too. I think it'd be cool to get some more guests on here. Um, fan interaction as well. And then I'd love for us to be able to sit down live. Like, I don't know, at somebody's oh, place. for sure. That'd be sick. Crack mm-hmm. open a thing, a wing stop, watch a game yes, or sir. two, record uh live together because no i don't think people know we people always ask how do you guys record where do you cross it we've been doing it virtual like the last three years so it'd be cool to one time do it in person Absolutely. yeah that'd be that'd be fire so dope. uh dion any goals for our next hundred episodes like i alluded to you know in the previews um we going live baby we going live baby we going live baby I finally figured out a way to have the dagger brought to you live on Twitch. I just got to fine tune it a little bit. But starting either next week or the week after, we're going live. And we're going to be recording live, streaming it on Twitch, maybe on TikTok as well. Still don't know how to do it on, on Instagram, but we're almost there. So that is one of the goals for the next 100 episodes to go start going live. And like VJ said, bring in more guests. Yes, sir. We love having guests. And yeah. I think I'm, that, I'm, I'm, I'm with, I'm with all those goals, man. I'm with all those goals. Man, I, I'm a dreamer though. I got some big goals for our next hundred episodes, because if you would have told me that we're where we're at with this show, when we started, I would have told you we were crazy. Like routinely, you know, getting thousands of interactions like we do and people constantly like assing us up and leaving reviews and stuff. I never would have imagined. So I got some big goals. I want to have somebody who played in the association on -hmm. this show in our next hundred episodes. Mm -hmm. I want to have a current or former NBA player on this show. It could happen within the next month. Just a sneak peek for people at home. So maybe we're checking that off quickly and if that we get a former player on then we'll adjust that goal to a current player but i, I want to have some big guests um love doing it with the boys the boys will always be part of the show as guests but we 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 also want to have some big names come on um we've had i think our highest interactions we've ever gotten was i want to say twelve thousand, thirteen thousand listens dion is that right somewhere around there on underdog like on what 
on underdog. I want to say like the highest. Oh, I think I, it was like seven thousand. Seven? I thought we yeah. I thought we got into five digits on one episode. Um, double well, check on that. 11, I thought you said eleven hundred. I don't know. I don't know why. No. I thought you said so yeah. No, I I think we had an episode that had like thirteen thousand. Yeah, twelve. I think we did too. I'll have to double check that. I want to get an episode to fifty thousand in the next hundred episodes. Okay, we're we're growing this shit, and I want to live put out more content from games. I want to go to more games and like put it on Instagram and stuff. Fire. Yeah, I want I want to go to more games. Maybe travel a little bit. Um, see see some games. So want to bring that to you guys so hey with our 100th episode like we've been saying we cannot thank you guys enough like the amount of love we get for just doing this you know silly podcast is insane like people saying um how much they enjoy it how much they appreciate that we do it um the amount of love we get for this is crazy and it keeps us going like Mm -hmm. we we always say that we would do this show if nobody was listening and that's true but what keeps us going is all the interactions from you guys and all the support and love that we get is absolutely crazy. And so we owe everything to you guys, the fans. So we appreciate you guys so much um, for helping us get to 100 episodes. And we hope you guys will be here for the 200th episode. So sure. big, big things coming. We got some big things coming down the pipe. We're always trying to improve and do better. So we appreciate you guys rocking with us. All right. If you've listened to this entire marathon, know once again that we appreciate you. We do. Be sure to follow us on social media at the Dagger Podcast. Let us know what your favorite episodes have been. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace, peace.